Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Comic Source Podcast. I'm your host, Jace. This is a creator-owned spotlight. We're going to be talking about a campaign that just got started on Zoop. The project is called Full Tilt, and here to tell us all about it is the creator, Jason Copeland. Jason, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So I guess we should start off by uh, letting everybody know what uh, Full Tilt is all about. They're about some of the inspirations as well, because there's definitely a certain vibe I'm getting that I, I want to pick your brain about. But uh, why don't you start off by letting our listeners know what Full, uh, full Tilt is about? All right. Well, um, Full Tilt uh, is uh, a gritty tale about a 23rd century crime family conciliary uh, who must face the consequences of a choice he made uh, between love and loyalty. So it's a book that, uh, that kind of uh, lives in the future noir sort of genre uh and it's a it's an epic tale that touches on many uh themes such as love and hate and family and power corruption this sort of thing yeah i've gotten a chance to see a few preview pages for this uh this graphic novel and certainly when we start talking about the cover it's given me some real sin city vibes so uh, is that something that you uh pulled inspiration from i mean frank miller obviously is a, is a legend yeah, uh, Frank Miller is uh, is probably the the one the one creator that has the biggest or has the biggest influence on me uh, in terms of uh, comics and uh, just the 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 interest in comics was uh, was was solidified once I read his Ronin book. That was sort of the the moment when I realized, oh, this is what comics could be. Um, and uh, yeah, so there's a lot of inspiration for that. And, um, you know, Sin City uh, is is uh, something that I'm always leaning back on whenever I'm stuck for something. I might flip open a book and just flip through and see, you know, how he would have handled some stuff. So, yeah, uh, Miller influence is pretty big for me. Yeah. And, then, you know, you mentioned the main character, Mazamo Miller. Uh, yeah. <laughs> after an homage to Frank there. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a few little things like that sprinkled throughout the story. Uh, yeah, yeah. And this, uh, it's a pretty big story, something you've been working on for a long time. So can you talk a little bit about uh, how long the book is and uh, kind of give uh, some uh, some information about the format? Like, you know, how's it going to be? Is it all one book? Is it single issues? That, like that sort of thing. Right, yeah. Uh, well, this book was always going to be one big book. Um, I'm kind of a person that likes their uh, their tales all told in one get-go um so uh so i started out thinking that it would be about 140 pages and it turned out to be 308 pages long that's huge yeah uh so uh it's all in black and white um the interior is all black and white and uh with some zip tone digital zip tone uh to kind of help um, create a bit of an atmosphere and and you know um create a little bit of uh depth perception that sort of thing um and it's uh it'll be a oversized uh hardcover uh book that yeah it's 308 pages long story-wise there'll be some extra stuff in there of course but uh uh stories speaking of just story it's yeah 308 pages yeah that's huge so just as uh kind of a reference point everybody most monthly comics are like 20 to 22 pages so we're talking about you know roughly 14 12, somewhere between 12 and 14 issues, uh, you know, yeah. if you were to break it down. But you always, uh, you know, said that you planned on doing this as one big novel uh, or one big book. So 
not necessarily chapter breaks, like when you were plotting it, was it, you know, outline to thumbnails to uh, the final product? Uh, how much, you know, I imagine it must've taken a long time, much as, you know, takes the process, I guess. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, this, this journey was about five years in, in the making. I, uh, once I decided to start working on it, yeah, it was about five years ago. Um, it started with, uh, a rough outline and uh, some visuals uh, that I, I wanted to get out. Um, and then uh, from there uh, with the rough outline, I, uh, I kind of just dove in uh, scenes that I thought were, um, you know, uh, solid enough to start drawing. I started drawing and I got about a hundred pages in that way. And then I kind of freaked out because I hadn't really sat down and, written the entire book and so i had all these scenes that were you know solid scenes but uh, i started wondering how how is it that they were actually all uh, related to one another in the grander scheme of things so after about two years of working i actually stopped drawing and i i sat down for a year and i wrote the scripts and I brought in all of the individual Google Docs and all the stuff I'd written on, you know, little pieces of paper or or in the in the margins of pages and kind of brought that all together and uh, and pushed it into one uh, script that um, that I then uh, showed to an editor just to make sure I was on the right track and uh, and so James Powell is my editor for this and. Uh, so he gave it the once over and he actually, uh, <laughs> uh, he was positive. He, he thought that that was pretty good. So I was like, uh, I was expecting, I was expecting a lot more notes and, uh, and luckily, or I don't know if it was luck, but uh, thankfully, let's just say that there weren't a whole lot of notes. Um, and so I, I kind of just dove right back in once I got, once I felt that the the story was set I started drawing again. And then, so I drew for another two years. So overall uh, it was about five year journey. And yeah, there was, um, it's the first time I really wrote anything and definitely anything this large. And I didn't really have a sense of process. I didn't really know what a, what my writing process was. So I would never uh, <laughs> say to people that this is the way they should go because uh, it was definitely um lots of side uh you know side tracks and uh and there was definitely things that i drew that i had to scrap because they no longer fit into the into the story um so but having said that it is part of my process and uh and the book that i ended up with is fantastic and so i wouldn't really say that i would change anything right um but uh that said the next time i do my own another book i will write a script <laughs> i mean it, it kind of speaks to your passion for the project right like you have the story in mind and you have these you know scenes of events that happen throughout the story that you're so excited about you want to get them down on on paper right you want to get the drawing out of you you're so excited about it and then yeah then you go back okay how do these connect and then realizing oh wait i thought these scenes would be let's say four pages apart, turns out they're going to need to be eight pages apart, you know, to, to actually make it make sense. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's really interesting and an interesting way to work, but yeah, uh, I can see, see how the book grew from, you know, 120 pages to, to 308. Um, yeah. But, yeah. And I, and I also 
Oh, sorry. I, I also was uh, turning turning pages that were single pages. I started turning them into two page spreads and <laughs> and uh, and things like that. And not just like a Kirby two page with you know one big image. There'd be maybe a central image and then some insets or or a row of panels along the top and and a big one thing a one image thing uh, along the bottom that that went across the pages and stuff. Um, so. Uh, it's not all just eye candy. There's actual storytelling on those pages, but because I didn't, ha I I did it all on my own uh, in terms of uh, you know no publisher attached, um, and so I had free reign. I could draw however I wanted, and so uh, so when I decided to turn a lot of these things into two page spreads, you know, it was just following following sort of a gut feeling that I and and um, yeah, just trying to trying to make it interesting for myself you know um and uh so i eventually made uh i just i actually just pieced it together on the computer uh today uh, i have uh kind of in the but uh, page 180 i've got 11 two-page spreads that connect wow. to, to each other so it's actually like a 22 page spread <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit more about the story. You know, we mentioned Frank Miller being a huge influence, Ronan, you know, one of the first books you read, and then obviously Sin City, um, you know, both of those really visceral art, you know, and, and you doing this in black and white certainly, you know, adds to that texture and the kind of impact of the art, uh, the line work in my mind. Um, the other thing that comes to mind is in terms of like strength of character, really kind of man against all odds sort of thing, whether we're talking Ronan whether we're talking Sin City, there are aspects of that story. So um, this main character, M Massimo Miller, being that kind of hard-boiled man against the world, he's got five families that are out uh, out to get him here. I think he's responsible for these assassinations. Uh, where do you connect with the character? I mean, you're, you, I, I hope to God you're not an assassin. <laughs> you know, this is larger-than-life character. And, and a lot of times when you're as a creator, you know, you, you have to find your in. You have to find how the character speaks to you and use your own experiences. I hope you haven't gone through things like Massimo with people hunting you down. So, <laughs> way to connect with uh, Massimo here. Yeah, um, that is a very good question. Uh, I think um, I think that even though he belongs to uh, you know these crime, uh, crime family and he, by nature of being part of a crime family, kind of condones some of the things that happen uh, within. Uh, that structure. I, I think that he's actually a pretty decent guy in terms of, um, uh, well, he's morally gray, but uh, um, I think that there, there are attributes to him like uh, loyalty and, um, and honor uh, that, that I connect with uh, on a personal level, you know, um, and I think that uh, he, he's he, he's somebody that uh, had a rough life and is just sort of dealing with the cards that were dealt to him. So I think that uh, although he is a kind of a, a a character that could do damage, I don't think that that's necessarily his nature, um, you know, at heart. I think I think there's more to him than just a, a, a cold blooded killer and. Um, so I attempt through this story, I attempt to to sort of connect to that part of him um, and uh, and show that he's not necessarily uh, 
as bad as as people might think. Yeah, in a way of you know, like you said, had to play the cards he was dealt with his circumstances. Mm-hmm. Now he's pulled in even further, you know, in this instance. And you know what? It's reminding me of a little bit uh, hearing you talk about Massimo, somebody that, yeah, does terrible things, kills people, whatever. But you root for him and you understand where he's coming from. That's John Wick, right? Exactly. Very similar. Similar. Definitely similar. They they, they, they have similar paths. Um, and, 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 you know, John Wick, uh, obviously, you know, loves his wife and, and then loved the puppy. So there's a, there's a, there is good in, in these characters, um, you know, uh, shades of gray. Uh, and, uh, and I think that we all, we are, it's all, all of us to some extent are like that. Um, you know, <laughs> maybe not going out and killing people, but, uh, you know, uh, I think that we, we tend to see ourselves in, in these characters, um, they're, they're, hopefully they're more nuanced than just uh, evil or good. And that's sort of where he falls in, in into that spectrum, so, somewhere in between. Yeah, I mean, and the other thing I think that we can identify with, whether it's somebody like John Wick or uh, or Massimo, is, you know, being put in a situation where, man, in, in, in real life, in reality, you can't, you know, lash out to the extent that they do. So in a way, it's a little bit of wish fulfillment. Like, man, if somebody messed with me, you know, we live in a society you can't necessarily take matters in your own hands. But man, sometimes we wish we could, right? Yeah, and I think that's what fiction is useful for—is to kind of to kind of connect with those things that that we wished we could do, and kind of see it live through, you know, another form as opposed to just going out and beating people up. You know? Yeah. Well, certainly uh, to get back to the Frank Miller uh, influence, certainly when we talk about setting, you know, something like Sin City, the the, the setting itself the city itself is uh, a character you've set this in a 23rd century manhattan you know you call it new manhattan in the description here um and talking about society and if it kind of excuse me continues on the way it's going you know moral decay and corrupt law enforcement and that sort of thing how much of the the setting itself the world you've built here is a character how much went into that world building uh, process and do, do you feel like you like reached what you uh, were envisioning when you first came up with the idea for the story? Like you, you feel like it's successful in terms of setting. Yeah. You know, this, the, the city is definitely a character in this. Um, uh, I love drawing buildings. So, um, so right from the get go, I wanted to make sure that the, the setting was, was interesting. It wasn't just, um, you know, cut and paste uh, a typical sort of thing. And one of the things about, uh, the city that I really like is that uh, the the five different crime families control five different areas of the city, and each part of that city I created different architecture for the different areas of the city. So, um, so as he moves through the city, dealing with whatever is dealt to him, uh, his surroundings change. Um, it, it's not the same type of building once he he gets through. Uh, uh, the gate or, or he travels underneath the city to another section of, of the city. Um, so once he pops up, the, the surroundings are different. He's, he's again in a new world, so, so to speak. So um, I think I did a really good job. I, I'm actually really proud of the, of the, of the scope and, um, and just the sheer, uh, the nature of it. I just, I think that I did a really great job and, and making sure that uh, 
that the city was definitely a character um, in the story. Yeah, and that's a way as an artist, right, to, to keep yourself interested and excited. You know, we talked about how the, the process you used, how you kind of went to those moments that you were most excited about drawing. I imagine, you know, after a while, especially for a story this big, if you were drawing the same type of architecture, same type of buildings over and over, it's just not as exciting. You feel like you're not challenging yourself as a creator, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, and that's where a lot of these two-page spreads and stuff came in because I actually did uh, – lots of cityscapes um you know so you get a real sense of of where they are of setting and um and uh, that was again i love drawing buildings so i wanted to make sure that 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 the city was highlighted uh, at times within the story yeah fantastic uh well being that you've put out so much effort to build this city and then the, obviously inha- inhabit it with Massimo and what have you any thoughts to telling other story you know like again go, if we go back to sin city you know there's any number of uh of stories that frank has told in there would you go back and and uh tell more stories in this new manhattan setting uh i you know the the story ends in a way that uh could be continued i i don't i don't plan on continuing that specific story uh with those specific characters i think that'd probably be the last we see of mosmo um but I do think that uh, that I kill off a lot of characters in this in this book, and I and I felt sad when I killed them off because they'd never really got a chance to tell their story. Right. So I can see sort of a tales of full tilt sort of a scenario where uh, I could take one of the bad guys and you know figure out something that would build his character and essentially enrich what happens in full tilt through other stories. Um, yeah, I can, I could see myself doing that. Yeah. I mean, these five families get taken out. Yeah. Let's see some of what they were, what they were about, you know, some, some prequel action. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Great. Well, uh, I mentioned the campaign is on Zoop. So uh, I'm going to take a little break here uh, chatting with Jason, everybody to remind you all the best of the way that you can help Jason out other than going to the campaign and, you know, picking a tier and getting a, a reward and checking out this amazing work. Uh, and there'll be a link in the show notes where you can go and do that. Uh, but if this just doesn't sound like it's for you, or maybe it sounds like it's right up your alley, but you just don't have the means right now to support it. The other way you can really help Jason out is to spread the word. Talk to your, you know, fellow comic shop goers at your LCS, talk to your retailer, put it out on social media. That way, anybody who wants a chance to join the campaign and to get some great rewards has the chance. That's the best way we can help Jason is to, to spread the word. So uh, please do that. Again, link in the show notes to the campaign. Uh, in the interest of full disclosure, Jason and I are chatting before the campaign starts. So we're, I'm not exactly sure on the date, but by the time this drops and you hear this, the campaign will be live. You can go click the link and uh, and see where it's at. So uh, that being said, Jason, do you know what some of the tiers are going to be? Obviously, the hardcover uh, book itself, oversized, as you mentioned, is going to be available. Do you do you know any of the other tiers that uh, you guys are going to offer? Yeah, we're going to try to keep it fairly simple. Um, so this is the book and a digital version of the book. And then there'll be a, a sign uh, option tier where I'll sign, uh, sign the book. And then also a remarked tier. So there'll be a... Uh, a head sketch, um, like a uh, ink uh, head sketch. Uh, I will be uh, offering some 
actual pages from the book. Um, yeah, I haven't quite decided. <laughs> They're all precious to me, yeah. but at the same time, uh, there's 308 of them. So, uh, <laughs> um, we'll see. I, I, I'm uncertain as to exactly how many, um, that will be offered and they may be offered in batches. So, you know, we say maybe offer 10 and then if those go, we may offer more. I'm not hundred percent sure. I should have probably have already worked all this out, but I'm not a great, uh, there's a reason why I went with Zoop is because uh, I'm not good at uh, organizing this sort of thing. So, <laughs> well, um, we want you, we want you drawing. You know, we don't want it, you to, have to, to worry about the logistics. So, yeah, that's what they're great at. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then uh, a couple commissions. I don't generally do commissions, so there'll be um, uh, like full body sort of, but these will be full tilt commissions. I'm only going to draw my own characters, so I'm not uh, not interested in drawing Batman or anything like that. So, gotcha. Fair enough. Um, I think I think that's it. I mean, like I said, I'm trying to keep it pretty basic. There's no stickers. There's no buttons. There's no T-shirts. Um, although we are talking about trying to uh, find a printer to print my uh, continuous 22-page spread as a poster of some sort. Wow. Um, I don't know if that will happen. Uh, and if it does happen, it might be financially. Uh, out of reach for a lot of people. I don't know what the cost of something like that would be. So, um, but we are looking into that. So that would be cool. Yeah, cool. Well, you know, if it goes gangbusters, you know, it might be something that, uh, that you're willing to do. Uh, well, I'm gonna give you a chance to, to mention anything that you want to share with our listeners before we, um, before we finish up here. But I do want to ask one last question. And it's sort of a, a cliched question I ask a lot of people uh, when they do these crowd uh, funding campaigns and they've poured their heart and soul out and clearly you have you know going from you know 120 pages to, to over 300 and we know <laughs> the challenges as that we've talked about in terms of how long this took you and yeah. the good reason for it to have taken that long but other than that what was there anything unexpected when you uh you know really sat down and started doing this that you're like man i just didn't realize how hard it was going to be to do x well i think uh yeah, I, I think <laughs> writing, I guess. I never really, um, like I said, I never really sat down and wrote a story. Um, and definitely nothing of this scale. Um, I don't know if I thought it was going to be easy. I, I may be just surprised at the amount of time it took. Right. Um, it but the skill that you hadn't developed. So you kind of had to, you know, how, how do I, like what writing process works for me, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I've, I've got some books on, on writing, uh, you know, save the cat and into the woods and, and these sort of books. So I did a little bit of research about, you know, how to try to tackle um, writing a story. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if any of them really helped me, but at least I felt like I was moving forward somehow. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't until I actually just sat down and, and started writing that I realized that uh, it was going to take me longer than I anticipated. Um, and again, you know, the book kept growing. I kept thinking, oh, wouldn't it be cool if, uh, if, you know, they went and went to this, like, there's a big fight scene in the, in, in the middle of the book, like a, a gladiatorial combat in a giant arena and, uh, you know, and, and it's vicious and brutal and stuff. And, and, uh, that, that was something that wasn't anticipated when I started. And then I was like, Oh, this is pretty cool. And, and it grew and it turned into these things. So as I was writing, I was adding more scenes where I was like, Oh, that would be pretty awesome. And, uh, 
Yeah, so I think that I was my own worst enemy, but at the same time, uh, the the book it, uh, the book is solid. I think um, everything everything flows. Everything's there for a purpose, and um, and I don't think that I really left any plot threads or anything like that. I think it's it's a pretty tight story uh, that is a hundred or three hundred eight pages. So uh, so I'm pretty proud of it all. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. Um... You know, in this, and and you mentioned before about uh, if you do another uh, project, you do you'll do the script first. So definitely, a, you know, a learning process. Yeah. And having to take a break from the art to to take that year to write it. But once it was done, once you were done writing it, even before you had it all drawn, there must have already been a big sense of accomplishment. Like, man, I I know exactly, you know, based on the script how this is going to go. It's you know always a little wiggle room to to change things around as you're doing the visual storytelling. But even even that point, once you had it all written, you must have it must have been really gratifying. Certainly was. Yeah, uh, I uh, like when I took the break, I was really nervous. I don't know if I've put that forward enough. I was very nervous that I had just wasted two years of my life mm. creating uh, some really cool scenes that didn't that wouldn't work at all. And um, so, yeah, so when after I took that year and I wrote it and James had a look at it and it came back thumbs up I was, yeah at that point i was just like oh thank goodness oh my god the weight was off my shoulders um yeah that's that that feeling right there uh when that happened was was wonderful and um uh, yeah and it and it just showed me that i was on the right path and that i wasn't wasting my time and uh and yeah and and it voted well for for the final product i think um but if I hadn't stopped and done that, it would have been a hot mess. It would have just been the worst. <laughs> so I'm glad I did that. Yeah, so, so now I imagine uh, the, the little bit of weight that's on your shoulders in t- is in terms of nervousness of, of putting something out there. First of all, is, is it going to fund? Because there's always that you know chance that it won't, which again, everybody help Jason out go and <laughs> or uh, spread the word if you're unable to pledge. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that, that'll be another sense of relief that you'll get like one, another hurdle when you, when it's, uh, Oh God. Yeah. I'm very, I'm very nervous about that whole situation. <laughs> you know, when you're talking about five years of work and, uh, and then you just stick it on a, on a website and say, please, please help me bring this to life. That's a, yeah, that's a. That's a tough one to to live through. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> and even when it funds, then then your your next hurdle is okay. Then once it gets out in the world, how do people? You know, obviously you want people to enjoy it. You, oh, yeah. L- luckily, uh, or not luckily, but uh, I've decided years ago. I decided never to read reviews of my work. So uh, so once it goes, once uh, as soon as I have a copy. I'm happy and, and, and the chapter is pretty much closed and I can focus on other things, but uh, hopefully people enjoy it. I mean, obviously I want people to enjoy it. So, um, but I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to worry about if what people write about it. Uh, those days are over. I'm hoping that uh, it goes so big. You can't ignore the uh, <laughs> action. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would be fantastic. It really would. The stuff yeah. I've seen is, is awesome. I can't, I can't wait to check it out. So, uh, well, thanks for the time, Jason. Fantastic uh, chatting with you. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, best of luck with the campaign, obviously. Uh, as we're winding down here, anything you want to share with listeners, social media, that kind of thing? Uh, I'm just, uh, I'm at jasoncopeland.com. 
uh, from a website and then at Jason Copeland for pretty much all the other socials. So um, I'm pretty easy to find. Um, yeah. Other than that, no, thanks for, uh, thanks for taking time out here, Jace. That's awesome. Yeah. I appreciate great. it. Really excited to, to check it out. Uh, I'll definitely be pledging on, uh, on day one. So uh, for you listeners, uh, I'll put the link, as I said, to the campaign in the show notes. I'll also put some links to Jason's website and social media. So if you're having trouble finding them, you can just go and click there. So uh, again, Jason, thanks so much. Great chat. And to you listeners, uh, we appreciate your support. Thanks for joining us as always. And we'll talk to you next time. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.